0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Call Your Hits, a Stormriders airsoft podcast. Thanks for joining us everyone. Today I've got Jordan in the studio with me and we're going to be talking about uh, a recent milsim op that he took part in. And before we do that, I just want to talk about what uh, something that happened on Friday. So Jordan actually gave me a call on Friday and he said, "Man, you know what, Phil, like I'm I'm feeling a little bit burned out from Airsoft. I uh, I have a big milsim coming up. I leave tomorrow. I don't have anything packed and I uh, I don't have any motivation to do it like" what should you do? And I was like, sucks to be you, man, and hung up the phone. Um, <laughs> no, so in actuality, so this is Jordan gave me a call and he explained all that to me. And so we had a bit of a conversation about how do you sort of reframe your thinking when you're feeling like that, what I've done in the past. Um, and so what we're going to do today is talk a little bit about that. And then we'll dive into the game that Jordan had uh, at uh, Spring Offensive 14. So yeah, uh, Jordan, thanks for being here. Uh, so you gave me a call on Friday. We had a conversation what was like what was running through your mind uh, before you reached out?
1: uh anxiety I was just super super anxious um it I, I think I related it to um not doing a project or homework in school and then going to school that day and like needing to go to that class and knowing that you were like gonna get in trouble or like I really <laughs> should have done this like I, You know, I had all the time in the world to do it. I've always been a bad procrastinator when it comes to stuff like that. Generally for Airsoft, I do a lot better because I love Airsoft. And I, you know, who loved homework in school? So um, that was kind of like my excuse for it. But this is the first Mm -hmm. time that like I really procrastinated um, with something Airsoft related. And I uh, started getting like a bit stressed out about it as the week came up. So I had all of my stuff, you know not packed. I had everything I needed. Stuff was arriving, you know, that day, the day before. So, but it wasn't like big things, but I had like all my food and everything already ready. Just had to stop at the store and pick up a few things on the way out. Um, I just didn't have any of it together. Um, And I I guess I was just getting a bit stressed out with a combination of things. One, this weekend was supposed to be extremely hot, extremely, extremely hot. And I've played in hot weather before, um, but I haven't, played at this field before and you know from reading what people were saying about this being a super tough field and being up and down and you know tough i was getting super worried about how i was going to handle it um just mm-hmm. because it's not summertime here yet you know like a couple weeks ago it was like 50 60 every single weekend um that's in you know regular like fahrenheit degrees um and i actually did this conversion for you phil so saturday and sunday it was 93 degrees fahrenheit which is 34 degrees celsius here. that is very um, hot yes yeah. so um that's so that you can kind of get where i'm coming from without just doing the estimation it was hot it was very hot and normally you get used to that you know it builds up over time you know you're playing from yeah. when it's cooler in spring and then it gets warmer and warmer uh summer doesn't start till like like another 30 days like we have like another yeah. month until summer is like technically here um and you know looking at today it's like Seventy-two degrees. It's it was just sixty like earlier this like earlier today. So I was not expecting, and nobody was expecting for it to be ninety or over ninety with high humidity. Um, so a bunch of things came together. Uh, I was worried about the gear I was wearing. Um, I had to switch up different stuff. I was worried about my helmet and my ear probe getting too hot, you know, and getting me while I'm on the field. Uh, I was worried about not doing okay in the heat because I haven't played in the heat in so long. And on top of that, I, I was really worried about my performance because I've been playing for like the past like six or seven weeks like almost like two months like every single weekend I was out doing something airsoft related or playing Um and I hadn't taken a break in a while I kind of like booked myself out a lot so leading up to this weekend I was like oh my god how am I going to do this I don't have the motivation to do it like of course I want to get there and play with my friends but the drive to get my gear together like it was like trying to get into the gym. Like if you don't want to go to the gym and you never get through the doors, you're not going to, you're not going to go to the gym, but once you get there and you start doing it, it's fine. That was what it was. I couldn't get myself there to do it. Um, yeah. So
0: it's tough. It's tough when you're relying on, on motivation. Like uh, there's a, a saying in like, well, I mean, just, I guess in, in terms of uh, just working out or like running and stuff, which is that dedication trumps motivation every time. And like when you have, a set schedule, like, you know, you know that you have to go to the gym Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday rolls around. It's not a question of, am I going to go? It's like, yes, I am going to go. Right. Don't feel like it doesn't matter. You go. Right. And of course, if you're feeling sick or whatever, it's a sort of different story. But the advantage that when you have that dedication, like you do have, I mean, like you were saying, like you were, and when you were, we were talking on Friday, like you've been playing for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, you've got this muscle memory built up of packing your gear. Right. So it doesn't require a lot of Active thinking about, like, oh, how am I going to do this? It's like, you know how to do it. Just do it.
1: Right. Exactly. Yep. It was just getting there. It was getting to that point of doing it because, you know, it, it was putting my stuff together like my all my regular airsoft stuff was together. It was, oh, no, I have to make sure my camping stuff's together. now I got to make sure my food's together. Is all my water together? You know, do I have changes of clothes? Everything else that I'm going to need. It was, it was like airsoft, but adding on a bunch of different things. And uh, my friends and I, you know, people on my team, we we always joke like uh, Airsoft is like camping with like 20 extra steps. Like if you were just going yeah. camping, if you were just going camping and camping with your friends instead of going to a milsim, we could have like one box of stuff and be totally fine. But you add Airsoft into it and then all of a sudden you got like five different boxes, you know, two different bags, like all this water, like all these different things. It Airsoft... I love airsoft. It complicates a lot of things. It, it adds a yeah. lay, a huge layer of complexity. So that was, it was just stressing me out a lot. And um, I I had talked to uh, my girlfriend, Arizona. I, I think you mentioned her in the last episode. So yes, this confirming for you, she is my girlfriend. Uh, she's not my fiance yet. Um, working on that, but uh, <laughs> talked to her about, it. you know, I was telling her that I was, you know, kind of feeling not weird. I knew I wanted to do it. It was hard to get there for me. I was, Just having a hard time um, getting the energy to be like, well, I'm going to have to start doing this stuff like I'm going to have to start packing. Um, And then Mm -hmm. as it got further and further into the week, it got more and more stressful for me because I'm like, wow, now I'm really behind. You know, what if something isn't working or something doesn't arrive? And then, you know, I'm now I'm here day of now. I don't have anything. Uh, Obviously, that wasn't the case. I had like everything i needed but it was that stress so i needed some, to talk to somebody like you that i i'm sure at some point have had you know burnout or you were getting burned out from you know doing airsoft related stuff you know there's a lot of things that contributed to it for me um fixing guns fixing guns is a yeah. huge thing of burnout something's breaking all the time um we'll talk more about that later in the episode as to what broke or what didn't but um Mm-hmm. fixing guns like adds to it making sure all your gear works adds to it the stress of like the event itself adds to it like all these different things not knowing everybody that was in my squad added to it you know i i just didn't feel like i was prepared mentally or like um you know kind of physically to be there um so that's why I that's why i called you and uh felt mm-hmm. like i needed to just say like phil tell me tell me i'm wrong or tell me i'm right tell me what's going on you know
0: Yeah. And it, it, you know, part our conversation was really focused on the fact that, well, especially like at a game like that, like you've made a commitment in in a certain respect in terms of not just financial, but to your teammates, to your, to your friends, et cetera. And my, my advice to you is the same advice that I've given myself many times. And the advice that I would give anyone, which is you got to focus on, you know, one thing that you're, that you're really going to to look forward to, right? One thing that you're going to be able to fall back on if everything else sucks right and for me and just like for you it's well i'm going out and i'm going to hang out with my friends bottom line right you're going to an event and it, you know maybe you can any of you listening can relate to this and you're going to an event and for whatever reason you're not necessarily excited about it. Maybe you heard that there's a particular team of players that are showing up and they have a bad reputation, so you don't. You're now you're like, oh great, now we're gonna have to deal with those guys all weekend. Or uh, maybe there's a situation where something in your personal life has happened. You're like, oh god, now I've got this thing, you know, in the back of my mind. Or maybe you're you just found out that two people that you were gonna go with uh, aren't going anymore, and you're like, oh god, now they're not gonna be there, and they're our best players, and now what's gonna happen? And I'll, and like you're starting to worry about all that kind of stuff. For me, it's always is focusing back on, well, at least I'm going to be there with people who I enjoy playing with, right? At least Stefan will be there. At least John will be there. At least Pat will be there, Cal, Chris, whomever, right? The more the merrier, but at least I know that if stuff is going sideways, I can hang out with those guys and chill, right? Or if I'm running an event, it's the same deal. Like I'm running an event and usually I have, you know, like a a team of a team of admins to help run the event. And it's like, oh, what if this doesn't work? What if that doesn't work? Well, at least we know that this one thing that we really wanted to do is gonna work well. Mm-hmm. Just focus on that and have that drive you. And while you're going through the, the, the physical motions of packing up all your kit, you're just focusing on this thing. Like everything you're putting in your bag, you're like, oh, this'll be really great when we're doing this thing, when we're sitting at a rest spot and we're, you know, unpacking our food and having a bite to eat, or when we're, you know, taking a selfie. It'll be funny to have this hat or done taken or whatever it is that you're doing, right? That to me is the way that I push through some of those barriers. Because if you don't focus on the thing that you're trying to get out of this, which in your case I know from talking to you was hanging out with your friends, nothing more. In my case, hanging out with my friends, nothing more. Mm-hmm. Then if, if nothing else happens, like if the game goes and it's horrible, you lose everything, right? You get you you know, smoked all day long, right? You're fighting uphill. You're at dealing least you with were the still heat, there with your friends. You were right? still there. You were there yeah. with your friends. Yeah, totally so i'm I'm curious like you said it was gonna be hot was it actually that hot day of weekend it was of?
1: super hot it was definitely that hot um Oof. luckily i had been i had been looking at the weather for like the past like two weeks prior because i was looking at it, i was like well first thing like i don't want it to be rainy you know who wants it to be rainy on an airsoft day like everybody would rather have it be a nice day so that was like my first concern and then as we got closer it was like oh, it's going to be 80. Oh, it's looking pretty pretty warm. Oh, it's going to be 85, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's over 90 now. Now it's going to be like 93 at like one o'clock, which is when we were starting. Like that was when we were <laughs> yeah. starting the game day. Um, And, you know, 93 in a field, like where it's all open and there's wind, one thing. But when you're in like the middle of the woods and there's like no wind at all and it's just 93 and it's all just stuck in there you know it feels totally different and uh that was like a big concern of mine uh, luckily i had and and i'm you know i trust my friends to also be doing the same i had been preparing drinking lots of water making sure i was eating the you know, proper foods to give me the right energy because i did not want to be the guy on the field that caused other people around him to have to stop because i got heat sick or you know i had a i was a heat casualty i don't want to be that guy on the field um mm-hmm. I can't expect that out of everybody there. I mean, I would like to. I'd like to hope that everybody's smart enough to do that. But of course, um, there was a bunch of issues with that this weekend where lots of people on different teams were going down due to heat sickness and you know, not being hydrated, like people heat casting within like the first half hour of getting out on the field. Like that's if if you're heat cassing in the first half hour of getting out on the field, you've done something wrong. That's not totally. like I've taken all the precautions. And something else happened. It's like you didn't eat food. You didn't drink enough water. You thought that drinking Gatorade instead of water was fine. And, you know, you, you're you like, oh, yeah, these this one sandwich and a couple of Kansas SpaghettiOs will get me through the weekend. Like people do that stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I get it. People don't expect it. You know, they couldn't anticipate it to be 93. But, like, when you know that it is and, you know, when you figure it out, you got to start preparing for it. So that's, like, on them. For doing it so Mm -hmm. it was hot it was definitely that hot
0: well I mean it's good that you took those steps too like you know you can't really control what anybody else is going to do anyway right I just find it so funny you're talking about how airsoft is like camping with extra steps and like if you ask the people who are going to a milsit like that who are being unprepared like would they go camping with that stuff like probably not Right. Mm. If they were packing for camping, they'd probably pack a bit more food, probably pack a bit more yep. water. But like some reason when you're thinking about airsoft, something like disconnects for some people. You're like, Oh yeah, this'll be fine. Like like you said, can of spaghettios, a tuna sandwich, and I'll be I'll be good for the weekend. It's like that's like forty eight hours of or thirty six hours, I don't know how long it was exactly, but like that's a long time to go, especially if you're doing stuff. Well, like, exactly. It's not the same thing if you're just sitting around, right? I was
1: about to, I was about to say like to your point about like camping, like airsoft is like camping with like a lot of exercise depending on how how much you're pushing yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. You can be car camping and just show up to a campsite, sit around with your friends and do nothing. And like you're not going to yeah. need like a ton of food for that, but like if you're running yourself like ragged out on the terrain and you're you're putting in the work out there, like you are burning especially when it's hot, you're burning so many calories. So if you're not eating Mm -hmm. the food, you're not fueling yourself properly. You know, even if you're drinking enough water, you're still going down. You know, it's it's another layer of prep. Um, And that was one thing I was worried about because, you know, it's been a while since I've had to do a really hard, you know, mentally and physically stressful event like that. Uh, The last one that I did was Midsummer Nightmare back last year. um, And that was in August right when the hurricane, there was like a hurricane coming up the East coast and it got cut early, but it was a hot, hot, like 88 really humid type of thing. Um, and it was the same type of thing. There were people there that weren't prepared. They're like, Oh, last year I brought this, this actually happened. I was inside of a military tent. This was last year. Um, I was inside of a military tent. I was getting my water. I brought five gallons of water with me for two days. Like that. That should be enough, right? I thought that was going to be fine. It was, um, but I brought five gallons of water with me, and this guy behind me asked me, he's like, hey, do you mind if I fill my canteen with your water? And then I was like, "Uh, yeah, I, I do. Like, I don't know how much of this I'm going to need. Like, where's your water? And he's like, oh, I only brought a couple canteens and um, two cans of SpaghettiOs. This is a 40-hour out in the field consistently. You cannot return to your car, Milsim. You need to be prepared to be out there for 40 hours, and he's like, yeah, I did fine last year, and I'm sitting here in my head like, man, like, seriously? Like, I don't, first of all, I don't know you. Obviously, if you're dying and you really, really need it, I'm going to give you what you need, but like, it's, we're like three hours, four hours in, and you're asking me for food and water, man, like... Come on, like it, it, I'm not there to do that, you know. Of course, I'll yeah. do it if I have to. Um, but it was the same thing. So that was the last like hard op that I did, and I was stressed about that because I was like, well, there was only like 40 people at that one because it was more of a immersive experience and not a force on force. This was like 250, 300 people at this milsim, like force on force, like 100 over 100 people per team. And I knew that there were gonna be people that were going down, and I was just crossing my fingers that it wouldn't be people on my team. You know, it wouldn't be people Mm -hmm. that would be going down because I know that when that happens, it brings you out of the game and it stops stuff that you're doing. Um, Plus, it just it's like a morale thing. You know, people are freaking heat casting all over the place. It's like, you know, now we have to keep stopping. There keeps having to be ceasefires, stuff like that. Um, So people were not prepared for the weather this weekend.
0: Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the game itself. So you said it was two. Is it two teams?
1: Yeah. So actually, it is two there's two teams of paid players there's or okay p- paying players not paid players so you buy your tickets you either go on green team or tan team and we were on right. the tan team the atlas strategic partners um and the i don't know what TYR is like i like, tier team TYR was the green team i don't remember what that stands for um but there was a third faction that is called the red team which is stag ops is staff team. That's like the people that are working the event. Um, And they will play roles during the event. And also if they're not actively playing a role, like they can be like the natives that we're like fighting against, like the the native people of the area that are like trying to stop this war from happening. Um, Or they can be like a social media person. That's like going around filming everything, like on the field, if they're not playing um, they are like refing on the field. So like they'll become field marshals. Um, So there was technically three, factions there's two like opposing forces which were us and then there were like the red team which is the staff that are paid like to be there i I don't know if they're necessarily paid but they do the event for like you know they get to play in the event for free they just got to do all the helping and stuff i don't i don't know exactly i'm not going to get into that um but they Mm -hmm. are like the staff of the event so but it is a force on force like the main thing is that it's us and then there's like a middle conflict if there needs to be type of team
0: gotcha and so is it just based again like objectives like are you given objectives or is it like capture points or combination of the two like how does that work
1: combination of the two um, the, the main objectives of it were um, to capture points and like hold it it's kind of like um, a conquest type thing if you're in control of the mm-hmm. point, you're you're marked as in control of the point you're gaining points for that amount of time that you're on it um, to throw wrenches into that there were other objectives on the map like sometimes there would be a downs like some downed mission where something will be you know just fell out of the sky and now you have to go retrieve it or there's a hostage you know there's a hostage that you now have to retrieve and bring back to your base or there's somebody over there that's trying to trade um whatever version of like Bitcoin. That's like, what the currency was like now you need to see, can you retrieve that Bitcoin and get it safely? Or do you have anything to trade for it? So it was a mixture Mm -hmm. of capturing points as well as like, here's an objective. Oh, there's a case out in the woods, find it, find the context of it, and then go from there.
0: Okay. And there are there, I guess you get those like randomly throughout the day through your, like your command will like trickle them down to your your team leaders or whatever.
1: Yes. Command will assign out. They'll get briefed on it and then they'll like whatever squads are ready or around, or if they're out in the general area, they will be like assigned to it. Um, Or sometimes you'll interact with a staff member. That's like playing a part out on the field, like a local. um, And they'll give you like on the spot, like, Hey, I've heard, I've heard something about this being over here. Maybe you should Mm -hmm. go check it out. And then it's like a dynamic on the spot type of um, objective that comes up with there. Gotcha
0: so how did it all play out for you So you showed up on the first day
1: Yep so I actually showed up the day before um, I showed up Friday night because the game Happened Saturday Sunday but it was like A two and a half hour drive um, And I wanted to be there on time and of course Be there hanging out with the guys so I wanted to be yeah. Relaxed and not have to wake up super early Even though I do because who can really Sleep in late when you're sleeping on the ground And there's a 300 people In like a field you know It's not not yeah. easy to sleep when everybody's Making noise Um, but so I showed up the night before, you know, hung out with all my friends, that feeling of anxiety went away, like almost immediately after I showed up and I saw everybody there, you know, just started shooting the shit, um, got everything set up and, uh, got out onto the field. We met our, uh, other squad who was, um, a a squad actually from, Connecticut, a little bit further south from us. Um, and they had done a couple of Milsims there. There were actually a couple of them that this was their first Milsim, Milsim, um, but like their squad leader, which was conversely our squad leader, because you know each squad only has one leader, and then there's two fire teams within it. Um, he had done the Milsims there before, so he was pretty familiar with the field and where we needed to go. Um, and we hit it off really well. Um, I like those guys a lot. Uh, unfortunately, Due to some people not being super prepared um, from some people that were in our squad, not from my team directly. Um, but there were some people that had not done, you know, they didn't prepare well enough for this and they started heat cashing like almost immediately after we got out wow. of the field. So, you know, we did our like first objective when we went back to base because we, when you redcon, it's like you have enough people from your squad that are dead because it's not like you just can die and then choose to respawn by yourself. Like you have to stay with your squad. Um, okay. when you are below 70% affected, like um, 70% of your people still alive. So like, let's say there's 10 of you and there's only three of you alive. If one more dies and now you got two, then you can effectively say, okay, we're going to redcon. We're going to walk all back to base. We're all going to consider ourselves dead. We're all going to walk back to spawn and then we're going to regroup, recoup, respawn and then go back out. Um, so the first time that we redconned, which was probably 45 minutes if that maybe like half hour into the game when we came back to base, he had to sit down and he didn't come back out with us for that time. Um, So that was like the first, like, Oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling great right now, blah, blah, blah. Um, And this happened to a bunch of people. So I'm not just trying to call that one guy out. Um, It just happened to directly affect me because he was on my squad and he happened to be the other uh, support gunner. So now it was just me being the support gunner. And to put into points of reference here, each squad is only allowed to have two support gunners, which were people that were allowed to use full auto, um and everybody else was restricted to semi. So, when you're down one full auto element in your squad, that's a huge disadvantage when you're out on the field and you're fighting against another squad that has a full team and two support gunners. So, right. We were down that support gunner almost immediately and then it was just up to me to play the role of essentially both of us, you know, staying alive and Covering uh the lane of or covering multiple lanes of fire all by myself. So after he went down, um, at least the first time, he didn't, it wasn't like a total he cas, he just said he was tired. Um, but it was like the start of it. After he went down the first time, he waited at base. We went back out and we started making some pretty good moves. This was actually like the first like awesome play of the day. I had bought a bunch of grenades um because the way that Jeff told me, um, Jeff guy on my team, he was like, listen, If you're going to use disposable grenades, you want to make sure that you have enough that you are not worried about throwing them. You want to like if you only have one grenade, you're going to be nervous about throwing that grenade the whole time. Like you want to yeah. have you want to have enough that if you need to throw a grenade, you're just going to throw the grenade. Um, so I, I had a, a good amount of grenades on me, and um, we pulled up to one of our main points, which was called Bunker Hill, and we had to capture that point. That was once we captured that point, it would become a FOB, forward mm-hmm. operating base, and we'd be able to take game objectives and hold them at that FOB. It was a contestable point, so we couldn't bring them back to our spawn because you weren't really supposed to fight in spawns. But if you held that point you could then capture game objectives and bring it there to be scored um so that okay. was like a, a main contention point so we ended up pushing onto this base um we we met up with some locals who i i shot by uh by accident no i totally shot them on purpose i just didn't know they were locals um hearts you know, and minds All yeah, right. <laughs> no you, you'd you'd be surprised at how well any color can blend into the woods if it's not in a bright sunny area um they were walking mm-hmm. through the woods wearing like blue and yellow shirts and they looked just like green to me when they were walking through the woods so you know yelled out contact 12 all my team got up online and we laid them out and then all of a sudden it's like the people that they were walking with were tan and we were like oh man <laughs> we're sorry and they we we came up and revived them and apologized and we were all good but um first mistake of the day me jumping the gun cuz it's really tough when you're in the woods telling like who's who sometimes um We ended up coming up with a challenge and pass, which is kind of like a passcode that you would have Mm -hmm. to say if you wanted to see if that person was on your team or not. Um, And essentially the passcode was the equivalent of like saying D's, like anything with D's and, you know, like the whole joke, like, ah, D's nuts type of thing. But that was not the answer. The the answer was never nuts. It was always like cherries, almonds, berries, like bones, something that wasn't nuts. So if somebody responded and they said nuts like you could say almonds that's fine but if you said nuts specifically like you would expect to you know that they're on the wrong team or they didn't read the rules and yeah it's not your fault if you shoot them at that point so um <laughs> that yeah. that became like a, a big thing of target identification when you're out in the woods you know you'd be surprised at how green multicam looks when it's among the trees and everything else um, so we went with the locals we ended up capturing that big boulder hill point um, I actually was super aggressive and got like up onto the point with the rest of my team I told my squad leader I said hey listen I need to get to that boulder it was like at the base of this hill so uh, to put into perspective boulder bunker hill is literally a hill on all sides it comes up to a top where it's like fortified but in order to get there you have to fight uphill to get there There was a huge boulder on the side of it. And I said, I need to get there. Like, I'm not doing anything right here. I need to get to that boulder. If I can get to that boulder, we can make this move. So my squad lead came with me. He's like, You want me to come with you? And I said, Sure. So yelled out to Will and the rest, um, Will and Jeff and Kyle. And I was like, We're moving. And they just started covering us. We got right up to the boulder. um, And as soon as we got up there, we just started laying people out. That was on green team. Um, So we took control of that point. Will told me, he's like, hey, man, there's a guy like 20 feet in front of you. Just throw a grenade. Like, I I just killed a couple of guys that were on the ridge, and he's like, throw a grenade. And I'm like, I didn't know where this guy was at all. I was just going off of Will. So I said, okay. So I grabbed the nade, prepped it, threw it, explodes, and then you hear a guy yell, hit. And I looked over at Will, and I'm like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> what a what a great call. Um, And he's like, I told you, man. I told you. And w- Will and I worked together really well this weekend. Um, It was actually Will's, like, first time with us, together uh matt wasn't there because matt was uh at training he's actually just came home recently um but kyle and jeff this was our first like big mil sim together with uh anybody that wasn't just me me will and matt so right kyle and jeff being there you know we were trying to learn how we play in a squad based environment you know because we haven't played long plays like this before together um so it was a big learning experience we definitely have some areas of improvement to go through but um the the chemistry of like being able to just be like listen there's somebody right here and knowing what they're talking about, knowing where they are. It's, it was perfect. Um, so got to the point. Um, that was like my, one of my hero plays of the day. I had a couple of good plays this weekend. Um, but I thought I was going to shoot a lot more than I did as a support gunner. So this to, 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 lead back to this, this was my first milsim as a support gunner, um, being, mm-hmm. um, an LMG class. And I was running my RPK 16 and my RPK 16 made it through the weekend. Um, okay it, that's it, that's a good thing it didn't die um it, one of the drum mags went down i fixed it today and by fixing it i mean i i pulled a piece out of another drum mag that i had that I had broken but now it's working again so i just swapped the pieces like a little spring had broken on it and uh, it just wasn't working anymore but so i always bring backup mags you know you bring yep. one what what is it uh two is one and one is none so yeah. you say it. Yeah. so Exactly no, right. Exactly, exactly right. Exactly. So um I, you know, got up to the top of the hill. We got a, a bunch of kills. And then like that, like set the tone for like what we needed to do. So like our weekend revolved heavily around defending Bunker Hill is what it was called. Because that was like a center point, the midpoint of the map. If they got past it, they were like in our safe area which is where we didn't want them to be so um Mm -hmm. there was just a huge amount of firefights through that um a lot of people up there just getting into some serious seriously bad firefights like ones you don't want to be in um there was a, a lot of bunkers around it so if people got up next to you and you didn't kill them they could just start throwing grenades like up over barricades and killing everybody that was inside the the bunker because there was no cover in there um so there's a lot of intense firefights over there and i'm i'm actually i'm really 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 proud of my guys and the squad that we teamed up with for like how well we performed together for really being pretty new of working on that
0: so you're on top of this objective that's on top of a hill basically and i'm assuming that it's it's fairly open like around the hill so like you said you mentioned that it was wooded but like it's not is it wooded all the way to the top or like it's open, it's cleared around the hill right
1: yeah so going down the sides of the hill it was pretty clear um until like it flattened out and then there was like another like f- 20 feet and then there started to be trees but the trees weren't super thick in that area it was like being in the middle of the woods but not being like in the thickets of like all the trees gotcha. being super close to each other um so, so what was
0: so what was your tactic for defending a spot
1: like that having a lot of people having a lot of people okay. looking in a bunch of different directions um i i think a big thing about like how we did it um, we had really good communication so th- the rule at the Mil-Sim is that. Anybody in your squad at any given time has to be within, I sh- like, view of somebody else. So you can okay. be spread out across a huge distance, but you need to make sure that you can see the person that is in front of you, like, at all times. Like, you you need to have view on somebody. But we, what we were able to do is we had really good communication. All of our radios were working besides Will's. Um, his, his antenna broke, and I... I don't think anybody brought a spare antenna. I didn't have a spare radio. So um, mm-hmm. his his antenna broke. So he wasn't on comms with us, but um, he was near, always near somebody that had communication. So we were able to work with that. Um, but we just had a lot of like a lot of talking. You know, we were really, really quiet when we needed to be. As soon as we heard something, we would posture in that direction. But you wouldn't be over aggressive, which is 100% what I wanted to do. Like I heard people shoot and talk and I'm like, I want to get over there. I want to start shooting people right now, but in the context of a milsim, when you die out there, you could be dead for the next half hour. You could be mm-hmm. dead for the next hour if your team doesn't go back to spawn and you don't get revived. Because after you die, you have ten minutes to be revived, or you've effectively bled out, so you can't be yeah. revived at to that point. Um, so defending defending a point like that, it was you know what we learned was the most effective was it's best to defend that point from not inside of the point it is best to defend that point preemptively from outside the point because once you totally. are in there when when you're in the point everybody's looking at that point everybody knows where to look but they're not looking at that bush that's to the like the bottom right of the point they're looking at yeah. the big walls and windows and everything else that's around you so that was like the the biggest thing that i learned from this weekend it's like you know, you, do, you really don't want to defend from inside that. Like, if you could have, like, 30 people inside there, it takes, like, one grenade to kill, like, half of you.
0: That's why I was asking the question, because we have we have a field here. Uh, well, when you just play Redcliffe, we used to play, like, a King of the Hill game. Same sort of deal. There's an objective on a hill, except instead of being above, it was actually in the middle, so you had the road, and then it would come down pretty steeply, and then the objective was, like, on top of a hill, completely open, and then another hill, and then into the, wood, uh, into the uh, tree line. And... Like being up there and like shooting out was great if you had a gun with lots of range and you could do work. But at the same time, like you were a mega target when you were up there trying to hold that point. And so defensively, it's much better to spread yourself out around like almost like concentric rings, like where you can be out because you mentioned another really great point, which is if they got into those bunkers, they could throw a grenade very easily. Mm-hmm. So what you actually need to do is not defend the point. You need to defend the bunkers so they can not get there and attack the point, right? Exactly. So, to, so like you guys had the right idea, I think not having seen the, seen that, but just understanding some like basic like strategies. Like I think. You, you know, that's if you're listening to this, and you're like, "Oh, I don't know." It's a, we, you know, defending the point that should be the last thing that you do. It's like, um, uh, what do you call it in the states? Uh, the Alamo, yes. right? Like, yep. it's your that's that's your last stand. Like, ideally, you're defending the Alamo like 300 yards yes. in front of you, it, and you then don't eventually want them to be anywhere way near back. it.
1: Exactly. If if they get to if they got to the base of the hill, we have failed at that point. Yeah. If they got close enough that their grenades were effective, like they could throw them over into the hill. They, they, we have failed our defense at that point. Our, mm-hmm. our goal was to kill them before they got, you know, even 100 feet. Even, we, they got within even 100 foot distance, you know. So, G- we had Jeff, like, way out, like, bushwhacking out in the woods, just, like, laying prone, just, like, I hear people over there, like calling us out, like calling people out. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, we had like fire. The a thing at this millstone, there was somebody was always getting shot at. There was always gunfire going on, you know, there were not gunfire, there was always BBs flying all the time, you know, around. Um, but you had to pick like what was relevant to you. Um mm-hmm. if if you hear gun uh BBs, if you hear fully automatic fire coming from like 30 feet away from you and it's like your team defending, if there's people over there, you leave them alone. You you let them <laughs> yeah. deal with you let them deal with what's going on because if you drop off your point, all of a sudden this whole angle becomes wide open. And then yeah, you know totally. so it, it it is definitely a learning experience. There was a couple times this weekend where I like I was hearing like Man, that sounds like I could do some serious work over there if I got an angle on this. Cause like I was hearing grenades and lots of a lot of fire going off. But I'm sitting also here thinking to myself, if I leave now, now Jeff's back is open. Now Kyle, who was relying on me to watch this angle, is open. And now I've put my team out of position. Um, And that was a big thing of learning for me this weekend. Being a support gunner is like staying alive. Uh, You are supposed to be shooting much more than everybody else on your team because we had the ability to be reloaded outside of the base. So when you were a rifleman, you you could bring a speed loader on you, but you could not reload outside of your main spawn, your main spawn point. The machine gunners or support gunners like myself... We could reload magazines ourselves, like we could take another drum or another box and load it up, but we could not pour BBs into that magazine ourselves. So it was effectively simulating like if you were getting another belt of ammo being brought to you by right. like a support, like somebody that's supporting the support gunner um, to balance it. And it makes sense because they should be heavily reliant on the support gunners to be like calling out. majority of things like i was loud this weekend i was yelling all the time like calling out enemy positions and you know directing trying to get fire on those positions because that was what i was able to do i had that advantage so if i played it like a rifleman and like didn't shoot my gun at all that it would have done nothing for me i might have gotten a lot of kills but it would have not fulfilled the role um and it's been the first time in a very actually it's been the first milsim that i've gone to this so i mean i haven't actually p- effectively played that role outside of skirmishes and um when you're in a skirmish it's like i hope people are working with my fire right now like i hope people are going to run when i'm suppressing or something like that um but you, know, you don't really have that coordination when you're in a milsim and it's like get that saw up we need suppressive fire on that position and then they start laying suppressive fire on it and you see your teammate or you see your squad start like spidering out and spreading out like using your your fire as cover. It's like a super amazing, like almost like surreal experience. Like wow, this is working. This is happening the way we want it to. Um and it kind of just reinforced the fact that like I am definitely a support gunner. Like that's hundred percent what I want to do. Yeah. Um I, I wanna I wanna carry the heavy guns that suck to carry and you know deal with that. Um because that is like the role that I like I like to play. Um, and it was super important this weekend. I got to work with my friends, you know, for the first time really with it in like an actual setting where it, not that Airsoft ever matters, but it mattered to us at that point. Like there was a lot of important parts that if I was not in position or, you know, I, we weren't able to cover each other with fire that we would have lost the firefight, like almost immediately. Um, it it was like a huge learning experience for me. So it was like a reality check too. Like I, I'm not just like amazing can go prone and just kill like 20 people. Like you start as soon as they figure out your position, you're dead. <laughs> you got to start, <laughs> yeah. you, you got to start moving. <laughs> so there was like a lot of like, Oh my God, I'm in a great position. Now I'm not all of a sudden. And then I had to go, you know, reposition almost immediately. And there was, was a lot of tough fighting this weekend. Um, but I, I had a lot of fun with it and, uh, I, I'm definitely going to be doing it almost every single time I get the chance to.
0: So let me ask you the least important question I'm going to ask you today. Did you win?
1: <laughs> um, we won't know for a week. I will. Oh, really? I, I, we won't know for a week. So they score. They score later. Um, like okay. they, they take some time to actually like tally up the scores and stuff. I will say that it felt like we were definitely winning. Um, there were a couple okay. points where um, our command had told us that we were controlling all of the points on the field. Um, and, you know, out of the five capturable points, if you're controlling five of them, that's pretty. Even if you're controlling three of them, that's pretty damn good. Even if you're holding yeah. that. On the field so um our command thinks that we won obviously i don't know yet we will have like a definitive answer um but in my heart we definitely won this weekend um which Fair is enough. which is uh great because apparently tan like lost really bad um at the last event that they did there um so it was kind of like a redemption type thing i know everybody was out there with like a fire in their bellies like wow we got our asses kicked last time we're not gonna let that happen this time so there was like a lot of a lot of planning that went into it um, and you could tell like people were there to play hard and you know not that you always want to be playing to win but if you're not trying hard you know it's I'm not I'm not trying to get shot you know I'm not trying yeah. to get hit so like I'm obviously I'm trying hard all the time Um, so they were out there trying to win you know they were playing fair playing hard
0: is the command structure of both the teams the the same every time? Like, are they, like, the the actual, like, command-command of the teams, are they, like, staff or are they players?
1: So they are players, but they are, like, brought back. Um, I, okay. I, I think they're, like, if they can do it again and they want to be, like, the like the CO or the XO, they will bring them back again, especially if they think they did a great job. Um, I know that gotcha. this time, I'm pretty sure both... Both commanders of both factions were the same as they were at the last event. Um, and I think the last event they had just switched faction leaders for the TAN team. So I think that's probably why there was some you know, poor performance or whatever. Maybe it was just like ironing out the kinks. But typically it's people that they know. Um, a lot of times they try to get people with either a lot of milsim experience, like I've been playing milsim for a very long time, um, mm-hmm. or people that have actually served in the military so like our CEO was like active u.s army um and okay. he had he had been playing milson for like five years but um he was like active u.s army so it was like cool to be talking to somebody who was like listen like this is what we're gonna do right now and it was like that you kind of had that like level of respect because that was what you were supposed to do like i'm not, obviously it's not like i'm gonna get in trouble for talking shit to my commander but i'm not gonna go do it for no reason you know like right of course yeah yeah. So.
0: Yeah. So I guess it's not really staff, but it's like staff adjacent slash volunteer, like. Yeah, it's a you, volunteer someone you, thing. Like. Yeah, like the. the I guess what I'm, I'm getting at is the admins need to be able to count those people to to run the game properly, right? So yeah, I, exactly. I feel what you're saying. Yeah. So now let me ask you the most important question that I'm going to ask you, which is, what did you learn? What did you take away from this weekend?
1: Uh, what did I take away from this weekend? Um, always bring more water than you think you need. Yeah, that's a good lesson. Yeah, always bring more water and more food than you think you're going to. Not too much, not within excess. Like, if if you really think like I I am now from now on I'm going to plan on bringing two gallons of water per day that I'm at a location. That's what yeah. I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna plan on. Um, this weekend I had three gallons of water, um, for two game days, and I brought a case of water. I bought a case of like twenty four bottles of water on my way. Um, and I was gonna drink those just like as I was doing it. And I learned really quickly that uh, I was drinking those waters really, really fast. Um, and then towards actually the last day, I was like, wow, um, I have enough water, but I'm like pushing it. Like mm. I, I didn't feel comfortable with it. Um, especially when like, it's going to be hot in like the summertime. I, my, my biggest lesson from this weekend, you know, it's not even airsoft related. I think it's just like in general, always make sure you have enough water. Um, always plan to have weight, like more water than you need. Um, because Mm -hmm. you don't want to run out you don't want your pre-planning to affect how long you get to play especially if you really want to be out there um and it can get dangerous real fast if you run out of the water that you need um so that that's like my main thing my last day i was down to a full camelback i had a full camelback uh two bottles of water and a jug of water and i was like panicking i was like oh my god i'm gonna run out of water today um there were definitely people in worse shape than me for that. Like they yeah. didn't have nearly as much as I did like last day. But I was like, if I was panicking with that much water, which I think a lot of people would be like two and a half liters of water in a camelback and a jug of water and like three bottles of water, you're fine. But here I am thinking like, I might I might get really hurt today. <laughs> like that was just what <laughs> yeah. was going through my head. Um, so yeah, bring enough water and make sure you are drinking it. Leading up to the event. Don't think that you're going to get away with just drinking water the day of the event or, you know, the night before. Make sure you're drinking yeah, that water totally. all week long. Um, you don't have to be chugging water all the time, but just make sure you are consistently drinking your water. You know, don't you don't have to yeah. drink 10 bottles of water a day, but make sure you're having a couple, like a bottle of water every couple of hours, you know.
0: Yeah. And a lot of people miss that too. Like the high, like the pregame hydration is so important. Like you need to, it, it's not like the day before, like, you know, if your game is on, you know, Friday night or Saturday morning, you should be drinking water like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Like you should not like, you can't chug, chug four liters of water on Friday and be like, I'll be fine tomorrow. It's like, yeah. you're using the bathroom a lot, but you won't be well hydrated.
1: <laughs> exactly. You'd be like, Oh, I, I think I'm hydrated, but you're not, you're not. Yeah. And um, I, I learned that recently Um, for a skirmish that I went to that was a bit hot. I didn't hydrate a ton leading up to it because i was super busy that week and i it kind of just came up on me at the end and i was like wow um i drank a whole gallon of water today and i feel dehydrated and i'm like it's because i didn't drink enough water this week like i didn't drink enough water leading up to this point um so that was like a big like i better bring enough water for this um and i learned now i didn't bring enough water you know i didn't bring enough water to be comfortable like i definitely brought enough water in this case to make it through the event like i made it through fine um but I definitely am bringing at least two gallons of water for each day, even if I'm not playing that day from now Mm -hmm. on, just just to be totally totally sure on it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not like you're not going to use it at some point if there's too much of it anyway. Right. Like
1: exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You don't, if you don't open it, just carry it over to the next week. Like that's all you're going to bring do. it
0: home and drink it at home. Like, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm
1: doing. Right. I mean, yeah, this is the same jug of water that was from yesterday that I'm just finishing off right now. Yeah. Um, that, that was like my main thing. Um, I, I guess another thing that I learned, not necessarily from airsoft this weekend, but leading up to this take breaks, man, like take breaks from, anything you enjoy. You know, a lot of a good thing is not always a good thing. Um, and I love Airsoft. You can ask any of my friends, any of my teammates. Like, I probably play the most Airsoft out of anybody on my team. And I mean, you know, since I started playing last year that I have gone off the deep end. Like, Yeah, it's been Airsoft subtle, stuff. but I've picked up on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super, super subtle, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you couldn't, you, you would have never known. You would have never known. But yeah. um, take breaks. Um, I... My teammates tell me all the time, and I know people on my team, like, I play the most out of everybody. You know, I've, I've played, like, I play as often as I can when I'm feeling like it, um, and I didn't take any breaks leading up to this, and I felt like I didn't want to play airsoft this weekend, like, leading up to it. Um, what really got me through was, you know, talking to you, talking to my girlfriend, and talking to my teammates, and explaining, like, what's going on and how I was feeling and stuff like that. You know, being honest to myself and my team was... Super important for me. Um, But, yeah, take breaks. Doing Airsoft all the time. If you feel like you don't want to play Airsoft that weekend and it's not, like, a big event that you've already paid for, just don't go, man. Like, go spend some time with your family. Just relax. Do nothing. Like, (laughs) work on your guns. Like, maybe get your stuff working for the next time because, you know, all that stuff contributes to burnout. And um, I don't think I've ever really felt it until, like, now because I was being irresponsible about how much I was playing. So I'm probably going to take like, I mean, my friends always joke. They're like, Jordan says he's going to take time off, but I, I just saw him out there like playing like three weeks in a row after he said he was taking time off. Um, I have another milsim on the 25th of June. So like 30 days from now, mm-hmm. Um, I I honestly, if anything, I don't want to play until like the week before that mil yeah. Like I want to, I want to take at least like the next two or three weeks off. Um, just to like relax, get guns working, figure stuff out with my kit. But like I need taking that break. It's going to feel good. And then when I get back out there, it'll feel even better because I'm like, wow, I haven't played airsoft in a long time. Can't wait for this. So, yeah.
0: And I things. think to, to add on to that, I think it's important to have the discipline to take a break. Right. Like if you say you know what i'm going to take 2 weeks off and you make that decision right now because of how you're feeling or whatever well in a couple of days you might feel a little bit better you're like i'm going to play again this weekend but you you knew 2 2 mm-hmm. days ago 3 days ago that you needed to take some time so just have the discipline to stick to your plan and just force yourself to take that break now obviously if something happens and you're like oh i got to play because this new thing is just happening well, that's fine like i'm no. talking that's like a 20% scenario like most of the time if you've if you feel like you need to take time off, you need to take time off and just do it. Like, what's the shame? What's the what's the worry? Like you're gonna lose all your skills because you missed two games? Like, no, no. right? Yeah, exactly. What are you gonna unlearn in two weeks? You've been doing a 50 million ready ups. If you've been listening to this podcast, you've been doing <laughs> at least 2 million ready ups. Like what's two weeks gonna do for you, right? What's a month even gonna do for you? Like, you know, we go through the whole winter here. We play, we don't play for like five months out of the year. You know, we come back and we've had two games so far and we're doing great. Right. So there's, there's really nothing to be lost by, you know, of course, like I said, if you're missing a big game, that's a different story, but like, there's nothing to be lost by taking a, uh, taking a break. And there's a lot to be gained as you know, you, Jordan, you've, uh, you've sort of abutted against now, but now, you know, right. And that's, that's, you know, it's good. It's a good, good experience.
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm glad that I've, I've actually reached this point, because I, I'm, as a person, I have a very hard time stopping myself from doing something if it has not negatively affected me previously. <laughs> yeah. So, like, if I'm doing okay with something, and I'm like, oh, this is great, and, like, you know, let's say I was eating cheeseburgers for my whole life, like, every single day I was eating cheeseburgers, and it's fine. Nothing bad is happening. There's nothing that's going to stop me from continuing to do that. In this case, I, was, I love Airsoft. I love everything about playing Airsoft. I love being out there with my friends. You know, it's like playing video games in real life, so, like... I Love doing that. I love playing dress up with my friends and you know, wearing stupid stuff and pretending to be cool. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of that. So, you know, leading up to now, it had not been a bad thing for me. It's still not a bad thing, but now I've understood like, you know, I definitely need to take some time, take a break, chill out. You know, because even though I love airsoft so much and I have fun with it every weekend, you know, when I play, um, it's not always good to be doing it all the time. You know, it's what's, what's that thing that people say? Um, they say it for. I, they don't. I don't think they say it for this, but they they say like distance makes like the heart grow fonder. Like things yeah. that aren't happening all the time make it that much more exciting when it happens the next time. Yeah, um, totally. And, you know, I'm I'm gonna take this break. I'm gonna come back for my next meal, so I'm already super excited for it. But that's what I want to look forward to now. I don't want to look forward to games in two weeks. I want to look forward to the next time I'm hanging out with all my friends, camping out overnight, and uh, slinging BBs with them. So
0: yeah. So- that's legit, man. Well, listen, thanks for sharing uh, your experiences at the Millsip. Thanks for talking about, you know, the feelings on the lead up. I think it's really important that people recognize that, you know what? We feel stuff. We're humans, right? And there's no shame in being like, I'm not feeling this right now. This is not going the way I want to. Taking the right steps and framing things correctly so you can enjoy it and understanding when you need to, to take a break. So hopefully if you listen to this and you're like, you you can recognize some of the things that you're feeling and what Jordan was telling you, Uh, yeah, maybe take a break, right? Take, consider doing that. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for joining us, Jordan. Really great to have you on. Um, thanks so much guys for listening. If you want to keep the conversation going, if you have questions for Jordan about what the, the MillSim was like, jo- join the discord. The link is in the description. We have a great community and we'd love to have you be a part of it. But until then, that's all we got for you. Have a great week, everyone.
1: Take it easy.